Welcome back, friends and listeners, to your favorite true crime podcast, Truth, Lies, and Alibis, by two 911 dispatchers. Episode 20, Lauren's Promise, Part 2. In this episode, Brittany and I conclude our discussion on the murder of Lauren McCluskey. Brittany also goes into detail about the investigation into the University of Utah's police department. Hi everyone, it's Jess again, breaking in once again to welcome you to part two of Lauren's Promise. And as mentioned in the last episode, we didn't kind of plan for this to be such a lengthy recording, so we didn't have any smooth transitions. So that's why it kind of just starts up in the middle of things. But I still included a little bit of what was in the end of last episode to kind of get us back on the same page. But thank you, we appreciate everybody, and thanks for coming back. Bye! How long... The shooting occurred at 8, and this goes out at midnight. And when does her tip come in? At 20.20, so 8.20 p.m., Lauren's on the phone with her mom when mm-hmm. she gets confronted by Roland. 20.23, mm-hmm. call comes in from Lauren's father. He tells dispatcher right. his daughter is in trouble. Then 21.55, that's when her body's discovered. 22.09, they send out the information. 23.46 is when they send up the message lifting a secure-in-place orders. So it must have been between 2209 and 2346 when she calls, which makes sense because if they went on a date, maybe it lasted like two hours. I don't know. In the days after the shooting, there was a lot of review of how the police had handled Lauren's case because she had clearly done everything she could. Yeah. On October 23rd, University Police Chief Dale Brophy told reporters that his officers were unable to find Roland in the days before the shooting. However, there is no evidence that anyone had actually gone to look for him. His parole officer had even spoken to him on October 16th, and they had never been informed of his possible involvement in harassment. Oh, he was on parole. <laughs> That's huge, because you would want to talk to the parole officer and let the parole officer know that this guy is a lead in this ongoing case. You would think. And you would think if they ran him, it would come back with a supervised release hit, and they would yep. notify them and say, hey, we ran this guy. This is why. Through an independent review, the actions of the officers in the case are reviewed, and according to the Salt Lake Tribune, December 19th, the independent review team released its report. The review of the Utah Department of Corrections and the Board of Pardons and Parole also was released. And Watkins said the report about the university police, this is a quote, does not offer any reason to believe that McCluskey's slings would have been prevented. Instead, the report offers weakness, identifies issues, and provides us with the roadmap for strengthening security on our campus. But Nielsen listed multiple significant missed opportunities, including the one we just mentioned, and reports to housing officials by McCluskey's friends on this subject in the days after. And then there was concerns of how the case was not assigned to another officer during the time that the detective was off, like because they could have assigned it to a different detective. Mm-hmm. Among its recommendations, the review said the campus is understaffed, that it needs to hire a victim advocate, it needs to develop a coordinated working relationship with existing victim advocates elsewhere on campus, it needs to train all of its officers about interpersonal violence issues, and it needs to adopt a different assessment already used by many other Utah police departments in interpersonal violence cases. So basically, they need better training on domestic violence, is what it is saying. Gonna interrupt you and say, yeah, yeah they also need to, you know what, never. Go ahead, go ahead, say it. 
I was going to say they need to hire quality officers that actually aren't going to take evidence photos and use them for their own personal personal use. Yeah, agreed. Because, like, that in of itself is not handling the case appropriately. Like, it's re-victimizing her. Yeah, well, not even the fact that, like, the biggest glaring issue is that he took these pictures that are evidence and being used against this woman and he was not given them with her consent. They are evidence for a case. She did not give it to Miguel. She gave it to Officer Miguel. You know what I mean? Agreed. I don't remember his last name, so I'm just going to call him Miguel. That's fine. So ignoring that, pushing that aside, not ignoring it, but pushing that aside, you're not handling your case, regardless of what these photos are. That's not how you handle evidence. Nope. How am I supposed to believe that you're handling this case appropriately when you don't understand that that's evidence and not just pictures for your own personal gain? Yeah. Also, Like, like, fuck you. That's all I can think is like, what trash? Exactly, right? Like, I equate it to like, I'm here to turn in this bike. I found it on the street. And the officer's like, sweet, I got a bike. Like, that's not how this fucking works. That's not your job. No, there was lots. I feel like she was failed a lot. So in 2019, Lauren's parents went public with her story on Good Morning America. On February 7th, a bill is drafted in Utah that calls for public colleges to develop detailed response plans for cases of sexual assault, stalking, and dating, and domestic violence, which, good. It also demands training for officers on how to recognize warning signs. Lauren's father testifies on behalf of the bill, and it's signed into law on March 29th, which I'm like, you go. Good for you, friend. On February 12th, what would have been her 22nd birthday... Lauren's 22nd birthday, the school announced that it had made significant changes to ensure students' safety, including the trainings that they needed to have, updated policies, new task force, and safety reports created, and spread through housing to police. However, they also state that no officers will be disciplined in the case. Not even... They haven't brought this out into the public yet, so I'll get there. On March 7th, Detective Doloff, who had been assigned to Lauren's case, leaves the university department because she had been fired after making similar mistakes in another case involving a 17-year-old girl who had been threatened by a male student who trapped her in her room and left a voicemail telling her he was going to kill her after she was able to shit up. I don't know. Like Lauren's case, it seems that she was too busy to go in on her weekend. She left work without taking any action. So she was just like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, cool. Not how that shit works. However, she now works for Weber County Sheriff's Office because no discipline was, yeah. Yeah, it's just, this whole case is just makes you angry. On March 13th, federal charges were filed against Nathan Daniel Vogel, who had lent his gun to Roland because Roland wasn't allowed to have it because he's a felon. And Roland had used the gun to kill Lauren. Vogel would plead guilty and get only three years of supervised release. On June 5th, okay. On June 5th, the fucking university puts on an award ceremony for the employees who were involved in her investigation, including a dispatcher and two administrators who received awards. Awards for what? The parents of Lauren stated that they found it disrespectful considering the way they had handled their daughter's case. An, an award for what? Like, you... For being failures at life. That's not the outcome you want. I don't know. I didn't hear anything award-worthy. However, I only have what is available to the public. But I didn't hear anything award worthy in those 911 calls. The only thing that comes to mind as far as something that would be award worthy is coming out the other side of it and being responsible for change. Yeah. Right? Like if that dispatcher was like, we dropped the ball, I am going to take responsibility we to need get to the ball better. rolling and make changes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's award worthy, but 
the call for service that outcome is not the outcome you want no what what is a sorry i it made me mad too anybody whose feelings might get hurt but come on it made me mad too on June 27th, the McCluskeys file a $56 million lawsuit against the university, claiming the university could have prevented their daughter's death if her investigation had been taken seriously. They say they want an apology and never got one, and they had hoped to work with the university to fix the way things like this were handled, but they weren't taken seriously even after her death. The lawsuit was against Officer Daras, Detective Doloff, and the university and the state. On July 1st, Officer Darris Miguel was disciplined for making more mistakes in another domestic violence call on campus. He went to talk to the woman and provide her further information about how to report assault by a partner. When he arrived, the suspect was there, too, and he let the man stay as he interviewed the concerned woman. Huh. Additionally, he did not call for backup when the police department requires for cases involving fights or abuse between partners when both parties are present for another officer to be called. He also did not check if the man was on parole, even after the man attempted to call his parole agent in his presence. This is in the discipline letter. He accepts his warning without appeal and it's placed in his file. In my opinion, this is a perfect example of somebody that became a police officer for the wrong reason. I don't know why Miguel decided to be a police officer. But if you're not willing to do the actual fucking work, mm-hmm. like you are not an actor playing an officer. Part of your job includes writing reports and includes protecting people's lives. You don't get to fly through the air while shooting two guns. You know what I mean? That like, <laughs> yes, that is a hot buzz we reference. But that's the job you're signing up for. Preach, You're going to go to preach. the academy and learn all this shit so that you can help people. Not walk around like your cool ass guy with a gun on your hip and a badge. That's not what the job is. Sadly, I think there's <sighs> this... Um, and I've made this kind of well known, so I don't really have a problem saying it. And I'm working, to, I am working to make changes to make this better. I've already sat down and talked to people about putting on some training and some talks on domestic violence because I do advocacy work for domestic violence. I think sadly in law enforcement, sometimes it's like, oh, great, another domestic violence call. It's related to, in my, in my opinion, it relates back to our culture as a whole mm-hmm. because for so long we have viewed it as it's for some reason the fault of the victim. So when you get called to sexual assault cases or domestic violence, people don't automatically think like, what's wrong with that person? Why are they doing that to that victim? It's like, oh, she's being sensitive or oh, like just toughen up. Yeah. That sort of thing where it's not looked seriously enough that she's not just being sensitive, that maybe we need to stop looking at it as something wrong with her. Yeah. There's this great talk that I found on TED Talk and it's called, and I'll post it on our socials, but it's called, I think like a mile in her shoes or something like that. And it's by a former prosecutor who literally basically says everything we just said and is like, We need to change our mindset of blaming the victim to, like, take a step back and look at it from her point of view. And all of these things that go into her actually reaching out for help or, you know, all these things that I don't think – I think you're right. Society as a whole needs to make a culture change on this, but also within police departments for sure. Yeah. So July 16th, Dale Brophy, the police chief, announces his retirement, effective in October, saying – this is a quote – This move will open a new chapter for me and provide the department an opportunity to continue forward under new leadership. 
His retirement ended up allowing him to get a severance pay of $151,000, keep his retirement, and they paid $6,000 for his retirement party. What? I didn't even spend $6,000 on my wedding. Okay? What? uh, What costs $6,000 that you needed a retirement party? The strippers, maybe? maybe? I don't know. Maybe 200 bucks for food, and you have it at the department. Like... (laughs) Dude, usually it's like, here's some stale pizza and some donuts. Like, Well, that's just dispatch gets leftovers. So <laughs> anyway, so, I'm sorry. Did you go over the, the settlement of the case? Did the family? Oh, I'm going to get to it. I'm going in like a timeline. Okay. But um, in August, the university begins to provide campus police information on the syllabus of teachers so they can call for help if needed, which I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. They also update the building alarm systems. And September 17th, Office Darez resigns to work at Logan Police Department in Northern Utah. On September 21st, the university responded to the lawsuit filed by Lauren's parents. They stated that they had no obligation to protect her. And they say no matter how heartbreaking the incident is, and this is a quote, because her attacker wasn't an employee or student, the only connection he had to the university was Lauren herself and that it was Lauren's fault basically because she invited him to the dorm. That's not what they say, but basically they're like... The only reason he was on campus was because Lauren had invited him. Yeah, and Lauren is your student. Mm -hmm. And then this quote, this is a quote, liability for this would require that schools be guardians of every student's safety from any act of relationship violence, no matter where the act arises or who perpetrates it. Uh, yeah, she's on campus. Like, she lives there. What the fuck? That's like, again, I'm gonna do a callback to what we were talking about earlier, like, smaller circles within circles. That's like saying, like, oh, well, that means it's the police's responsibility to protect everybody that lives in the city. Yes. Actually, yes, that's exactly what their job description includes. In response to this, on September 26th, the university student leaders condemned the university criticizes their handling of the case and they basically publish a critique about it and this is the first time that the student leaders have ever responded formally to something like this because it affects all of them right Mm -hmm. their police department is essentially saying nah your safety not our responsibility then what the fuck are you there for yep 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 Basically, the university's response is, it's going to take some time to rebuild trust. Yeah. On October 1st, because of this, 100 students, or almost 100 students, which are mostly women, walk out of class in a protest to talk about the concerns of the university police department. It's one day before the anniversary of Lauren's murder. Outside, they stand with signs and posters, and a couple of them say, where were you when Lauren needed you? Stuff like that. How long ago was this? When was this This protest? is 2019. It's not too long I ago. Might, I might remember seeing something like that on the news. On November 3rd, the Tribune released a report for multiple interviews with female victims and former employees, nearly 12. And then they also went through other documents and reports that they reference in this report. And had concluded that officers were failing to contact victims promptly and that one officer took 16 days to call a woman who was reporting a crime and another officer who completely ignored a DV report. Well, you know why? It's because their student safety is their responsibility. When the department as a whole puts out a statement like that, you can't pin it on the officer because it's the department's fault at that point. Like, yes, it's also should be morally within your realm to be like, I want to do a good job. But- I can see now why those officers aren't getting in trouble because it's the mentality of the department as a whole. Yep. And they're like, okay, it. yeah, they officially said it in a statement. 
I don't understand what campus police is supposed to do if the safety of the students isn't their job. I'm confused. I could say some things, but I won't. So some of the staff members they talked to tell them that they were advised to downplay the number of domestic violence cases on campus and alter log entries or even not create events for certain cases. Where is this coming? Like, who? I'm just curious is like where all this is stemming from. Like, did it come from the old chief? Maybe like, that's why he retired. From, like, you have did he ever get accused of DV? You know what I mean? Like, why does he have this stick up his ass or whoever, whomever made these rules? Why did they have a stick up their ass about DVs? Why and they're like? Nah, I think we probably because they don't want it on their record because they want students to pay make to their go there. Look bad. Yeah. Guess what? Having a student die and then you saying that it's not your fault that makes you look real bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a PR person, but I would agree. In my opinion. In my opinion. That was a mistake. Yeah. Female students that they talked to said they had reported rapes, sexual assaults, and domestic violence and harassment issues, and they weren't taken seriously. Can I, in my opinion, University of Utah hates women. Well, one previous employee tells them, and this is a quote, they do not believe women and they put them at risk. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So I think your opinion is is echoed by previous employee A. That same month, the university received a $300,000 federal grant to help improve how it responds to stalking, dating, and domestic violence. And I'm like, where did that money actually go? But whatever. Yeah. On February 4th of 2020, another bill is drafted by the U.S. Senate, inspired by Lauren, created to improve how universities, specifically in Utah, respond to sexual assault and strengthen the coordination and cooperation between different police jurisdictions. It is also signed into law, which great that you're making changes, but why did she have to die for this to be a thing? Yeah. What, why does there need to be a law that says this? Uh, there's so many laws I feel that way about. Like, why do we have to have something on paper that says this is important? That's crazy to me. Yeah. So finally, on May 17th of 2020, reports are released about Officer Dara's inappropriately handling the evidence of Lauren's case when he was showing explicit photos of Lauren and the university claims they had no idea about this until he left the department in September of 2019. However, two officers who worked with him said before this that he had shown them at least one of the images and bragged about having them on his phone to look at whenever he wanted. So two officers had previously already said, hey, he's showing these nude pictures. They reported it previously. I don't know if they made an actual report, but they had made it known because Maybe they tried to report it and they were like, oh, just alter that. Don't make a report for that. They just forgot. They have selective reporting. Finally, Logan PD, where he's working at the time, launches an investigation because they actually give a shit. Huh. Imagine. (laughs) The university also asks Utah DPS to do a review on the situation. He hires attorneys, denies accusations... And then while this is going on, several lawmakers propose another bill to address officers handling sensitive information and setting up rules to punish those who abuse it, to which I say, why the fuck wasn't this already a thing? But okay, whatever. So basically, any pictures that an officer receives on a cell phone as evidence must be entered unaltered into the department's evidence database by the end of that shift, 
And then they need to be deleted off the personal device, which the university is saying that this is what they're supposed to do. I don't know how they're going to monitor that, but... Right. As a point of note, if you work in law enforcement and you use your personal device for a work-related thing, your phone becomes public record. Yep. All of your phone becomes public record. Yep. Preach. So, don't use your personal phone for work-related things. (laughs) On that note, also don't send nudies to officers on duties. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Nudies to officers on duties. (laughs) Just speaking from an experience, not that I had personally, but that I had heard about. Okay? I am aware of the situation (laughs) in which you speak. (laughs) Can you just confirm I was not involved? This is correct. (laughs) For public for public record, Brittany was not involved. In because I am smarter than that. Anyway, on June 6th, another rally was held where students were demanding the university police be defunded, which I'm like, yeah, defund those idiots. At least that university itself. On June 8th, Lauren's parents filed a second lawsuit against the university, alleging that the university denied their daughter equal protection under Utah's constitution. So wait, ha- what happened under with the first one? So basically, let me get to that. Okay. In response to this, the University of Utah files its own lawsuit. They're just suing each other back and forth, saying it shouldn't have to release counseling records about McCluskey, who spoke to a school psychologist in the days before she was murdered. So because her parents had asked for the documents already in previous court proceedings... The U argued that these should be considered confidential even after a death. And I'm like, yeah, that's not how it works. But okay, that's whatever. That's not how it works. Also, like, everybody can tell you're desperate. You know? Like, yeah, that's your hill? That's your hill you're standing on? Mm-hmm. That one? Yep. Okay. They're just, sure. they just keep coming at it. August 5th. Finally, Utah Department of Public Safety releases the report confirming that Officer Daraz showed the pictures, the explicit pictures of Lauren in the days before her death. See, and that's why it's important to have, when you have a situation that involves an officer that works in an apartment, that's why it's critical that an outside agency handle the investigation. Amen. That's how, from my experience, the ones that I've seen while I worked in law enforcement have always been handled because it's just, it has to be done that way. Yeah, I agree. And it just gets worse because the investigators found that there are at least three of his co-workers, his male co-workers, who were shown these pictures without a work-related reason. Like, he, they weren't involved in the case. He, he just was like, yeah. Once one of the employees said the officer, Darius, commented specifically, he said, I get to look at them whenever I want. And the employee then admitted that he also made crude comments about Lauren. And then another of the officers chimed in saying that he felt like Officer Darris was lucky to work the case because she was a cute girl and he could look at her naked pictures. See you in hell, friend. Mm-hmm. This isn't the only occasion, though. On another occasion, he showed the sergeant one of her pictures. While they were at a crime scene, on the night she was fatally shot on campus, the sergeant said, I wonder what she looked like, and he pulled out the nude photo. Are you fucking joking? At her crime scene? Yep, yep, yep. Wow. Majority of that department. Trash. All trash. Trash, trash, trash. Wow. Investigators also say they're unable to determine whether he had saved or downloaded the photos to his personal phone, but... One former officer told the investigators that he had seen it on his personal phone. Of course he did. But he switched phones after Lauren was killed, so they couldn't recover his device. Because, of course. Three officers at the university were fired in connection to this, which, cool, finally. Also, the Logan Police Department fired him after the investigation is finished. The chief there, Gary Jensen, says... 
that abusive evidence is inconsistent with the high expectations and standards placed upon our officers by the community. And that's a quote, which we've already said, like, duh. However, on October 15th, Salt Lake County District Attorney announces they're not going to prosecute him over the photos because he says that he believes the officer's actions were definitely reckless, but there is no Utah law for addressing this type of police misconduct at the time. Doesn't have to be outrageous. Like, we've kind of already touched on this, but they can't hold somebody accountable for something wrong because it's like, sorry, there's no written rule that says you can't do that. <laughs> so stupid i'm sorry it's not funny it's really sad i'm laughing because it's, it's just ridiculous it's outrageous. yeah this is another quote he says we realized there was no real statute that we could use for this case like you just said we're incensed like everyone else by the behavior it was inappropriate but if there's no statute there's nothing we can do i mean yeah they had looked into whether they could use it could title it revenge porn because there's a revenge porn law, but mm-hmm. they said they couldn't do that because it requires proof that the person in the images were harmed. They said that McCluskey's death made that impossible. So it, at this time, or I guess at the time of the photos were being misused, there wasn't anything about misuse of evidence? Nope. Because they just signed that bill into law after this That's case. Crazy. That's crazy. I don't understand <laughs> even it if either. It's, even if it's not a sensitive picture like that, evidence in general, like you should probably handle all that right. I mean, you would hope. Jill and Matt McCluskey said they were disappointed in Gil for not pursuing justice for their daughter. October 21st, about 40 protesters marched around his office, rallying against the district attorney for not filing charges against Darius, which I'm like, okay, cool, but I don't think it's going to do anything. October 22nd, the university finally acknowledges that the on-campus murder of track star Lauren McCluskey was preventable. That's a quote. The University of Utah would agree to pay $13.5 million to her parents as a legal settlement. This announcement came on the two-year anniversary of McCluskey's death. At a news conference, the university president said she was sincerely sorry for the loss of the McCluskey family. Which, had she been the president for those whole two years? Or was she new? Do you know? I believe she was the president. So this is the quote. The university acknowledges and deeply regrets that it did not handle Lauren's case as it should have. And that, at the time, its employees failed to to fully understand and respond appropriately to Lauren's situation. On top of this, the university said they were going to build an indoor track to be named after her, which I'm like, okay, cool. That doesn't fix anything. Whoop-dee-doo. Yeah. Jill McCluskey said her daughter will always have a presence on campus with this. So I guess in a way they were happy about that. Additionally, the new Center for Violence Prevention was opened on the U in part in response to Lauren's death and will bear her name as well. And all the countless victims that they never took care of. Yeah, and it's named after her. December 10th, a new university police chief is put on administrative leave. The allegations were whether he had carried a gun or a badge before he was certified to be an officer in Utah, which is illegal, which I'm like, okay, why do they keep hiring trashy people? Anyways, basically, after all this, it's like they're looking into them and looking into them and looking into them. They just keep finding more stuff that they're just like, what the fuck? Why? So, two years after her murder, Lauren's parents, Jill and Matt, settle their lawsuit with the university. They settle for $10.5 million, and the school also donates the $3 million to the Lauren McCluskey Foundation. Jill McCluskey would say about the settlement, This settlement is important for many reasons. It addresses how Lauren died, but it also honors how she lived. 
Jill McCluskey is a professor at Washington State University, and she also introduced the Lawrence Promise Initiative, where professors can pledge in their syllabus that they will help any student that feels threatened find the resources they need. Wow. So through this entire time, she is a professor at another university. Mm-hmm. I think her dad is at works at a university as well. Wow. On the foundations about webpage, it states, join us to make campuses across the country a safe place and list five bullet points. And these are a quote. Increase awareness of the seriousness of dating violence and stalking. Expand the adoption of Lauren's promise. Create a best practices blueprint for effective response. Develop and distribute a campus safety score. Share resources to strengthen dating violence and stalking laws. And I'm going to read you Lauren's promise. Lauren's promise is a vow that anyone, faculty, staff, students, parents, and community members can take to indicate to others that they represent a safe haven for sharing incidents of sexual assault, domestic violence, or stalking. Anyone who makes Lauren's promise will listen to and believe these individuals who are being threatened or experiencing sexual assault, dating violence, or stalking, and will help connect victims to support resources. By making Lauren's promise, individuals are helping to change campus cultures that respond poorly to dating violence and stalking throughout the nation. I promise to listen and believe you if someone is threatening you, represent a safe haven for sharing incidents of sexual assault, domestic violence, or stalking, and change campus culture that responds poorly to dating violence and stalking. And according to the website, dating violence and stalking are some of the most pressing issues facing universities and colleges today. One third of all women report dating violence by a current or previous partner, which we've kind of already talked about before. But basically through this case, it uncovered so many different things that were wrong within that one university. And I'm not just saying, I'm not saying it's every university, but I'm also not going to say it's not just that university. I'm also not going to say it's not just that police department. It's not every police department, but it's definitely probably not just that police department. And it's pretty sad that Lauren's case had to escalate to this before they took it seriously. Awesome. Some things that I noted when I was like reviewing the case, the relationship lasted a month, a month. He was on parole. If they had run him and talked to his parole officer, maybe something else could have been done. Maybe there could have been a closer eye on him. Yeah. Why didn't they give her information on how to get a restraining order? There are so many questions I have, right? So why was this officer showing off her pictures, which we've went over so many times? Why was it not a safe place like Lauren's promise? It shouldn't even have to be a fucking promise. People are sending their kids to universities and they're thinking they're going to be okay and they're going to be safe because they're staying on campus. And this shit is happening. Yeah. And it brings it back to the statement and my question of that statement of them being like, oh, well, it's not our responsibility to protect the students based on like their relationships and stuff like that. Cool. Then what's your job? Yep. Anyway, that is the terrible, awful case of Lauren McCluskey. I wish it wasn't real. I'm glad the family finally got something that's some closure out of it all. Yeah. And they fought like, I mean, obviously, they're still fighting. But like, yeah, just the fact that they fought so hard to make changes because they want nothing like that to happen to anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So Matt McCluskey is a professor of physics. He's a founder and treasurer of the Lauren McCluskey Foundation. And then Jill McCluskey, his wife, which is her mother, is a professor, School of Economic Sciences. She's the founder and chair. 
There's a bunch of professors on here. There's a professor of law at the University of Utah, a professor of economy and director of Stanford Institute for Economic Policy Research, a professor and interim dean of School of Security and Global Studies, a Utah state senator and attorney, a professor, a representative for higher education and university admin, a dean at the College of Veterinary Medicine at WSU, and a teacher and track and field coach is also on the director's board, which is like good for them to try and make some changes. But also, why did it have to get this far? Yeah, it's pretty gutsy to have a situation like that and be able to stand publicly and say that like, there's nothing we could have done to save her when it's like, yeah, actually, let me list all the ways you could have been better. Yeah, (laughs) Like, that's your job. Mm -hmm. Your job's not to drive around and look cool and be like, yeah, what's up? I got authority. You have to respect me. Now nah, you got a lot of shit work to do with that badge, friend. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready for it, find a different fucking job. Yeah, your job is to protect people. And you straight up said that your job is not to protect people. <laughs> Don't they take like a vow or something crazy, to right? protect like, the public? Involved. Just be fucking better. Anyway. I was gonna say, I was gonna say to round it out that I will do a science report on apples, peaches, and raspberries to yeah. find out why they're considered roses. That's right, but Jess. I, I, re- I really don't want to have homework, and I can't make any promises. Somebody else get on that science report. I don't have enough time. Don't no. Don't do <laughs> I'm just her. kidding. Absolutely not. Hey, I do all this research for them. No, you do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Thank you for listening. Additional information for each case can be found on our website, truthliesandalibis.buzzsprout.com. New episodes will be uploaded every Monday. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at truthliesandalibis.